Want entertainment designed just for you? Then check out customizable streaming TV from Xfinity. It makes your life simple, easy, awesome. Xfinity gives you customizable streaming TV options. Enjoy the most free shows anywhere on any device and even access your streaming apps right on your TV with X1. Go to Xfinity.com, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today to learn more. Restrictions apply. Needs a revolution, Jimmy. The American dream is just that. Just a dream. War is a continuation of politics, only by other means. Politics is a continuation of economics by other means. This is our bank. This is our war. And this is our plan of attack. Banks have become an essential threat to our democracy. So consider this justice. Thank you for listening to Revolution Radio at freedomslips.com, the number one listener-supported radio station on the Internet. Please help support this station so this battle can continue forward. Revolution Radio! The opinions expressed on this radio station, its programs, and its website by the hosts, guests, and call-in listeners or chatters are solely the opinions of the original source who expressed them. They do not necessarily represent the opinions of Revolution Radio and FreedomSlips.com, its staff, or affiliates. You're listening to Revolution Radio, FreedomSlips.com, 100% listener-supported radio, and now we return you to your host... Welcome to Sacred Matrix, a divine paradigm of love and universal consciousness, with your host, Janet Kira Lesson and Dr. Sasha Lesson. Together, we transform the world. And now, here are your hosts, Janet Kira and Dr. Sasha Lesson. Hello, everybody. And welcome to the Sacred Matrix on Revolution Radio at revolution.radio. And I am your host, Janet Kira Lesson, with my co-host, Dr. Sasha Alvick-Lesson. And our producer is Thomas Becker. And today we have two special guests, Nancy Tremaine and Kevin Estrella. Uh, so we're joined with um, Nancy Tremaine, who is a lifetime ET contactor and experiencer. And she's a participant in the hybrid project and a messenger. She was born in Detroit, Michigan, and was the middle of five children. Her father was a hydraulic engineer in the aerospace division of Sperry Vickers. Kevin is a world-class musician of the instrumental band, rock band, Pyramid on Mars. And he's also a, uh, let's see, he's got a radio show, which is called, uh, let me see where it is. I've lost it right now. Okay, let me just go down the line here. Okay, so Nancy is a lifetime spiritzer, and she is an alien by nature, human by choice, and is here on a mission she believes she signed up for. She's here to share the downloads and loving messages she receives from Mr., who is a reptilian that has been with her in many time, lifetimes and in the collective mind. 
Her main mission is to assist humanity in the spiritual evolution by urging them to come forward and, and uh, lose the fear by stepping out of their safe zone and complete the contract that they've signed up for. She spent the past six years reaching out to be heard despite the many people that tried to ignore her, hoping she would go away, and despite the many that worked so hard to silence her. These are the very people that contributed to her becoming the warrior she is today. And Kevin has been welcomed into the UFO community after having his first own first-hand encounter with something not of this world. And he now has begun speaking out publicly and has been featured, he's been a featured guest on, well, I'm sure it's one of 15 UFO rated talk shows. He's been doing the circuit now. Um, so he likes to introduce guests who have been on, on board alien craft. So, uh, Dr. Lesson, are you there? I'm here. Yes, indeed. I'm looking here, very much here. forward to it. Yes. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So what, what uh, is really interesting uh, in a lot of ways is what's, what's happening. We realize that once we get past our fear factor, and we uh, start looking at the multifarious accounts of uh, contact with the alien presences around uh, us and, and the Earth and in our near atmosphere and so forth. We realize that they are beneficent, that they are into helping us, that uh, it's uh, we sometimes freak ourselves out. Uh, by our own fears or by we go to fearful people who try to shush us uh, and particularly reptilians have gotten a bad rep because um, fundamentalist preachers have somehow confused uh, their ideology about uh, snakes and reptiles as being uh, bad but that's it's total nonsense the uh, the, uh, it's obvious that the reptilians, from the point of view of history that I, that I study, uh, the reptilians that are in Earth's atmosphere and environs are concerned to help us survive, and uh, we're all in this together. Our evolution is part of their evolution. We are part of them, and they are part of us, and most of us are multiples, whether we know it or not, uh, th that we are simultaneously uh, existing as uh, parts of our soul in many, many different places at the at this very time. And, you know, I can tell you for myself that I have had visions of peace and bringing about peace my whole life, and that's all part of it. And Nancy is going to tell us a lot more about her particular... The trauma comes from people freaking out because they don't, they're not used to hearing the bigger truth and they've been blinded. Okay, that's all I want to say. Blind, for yeah. Yeah, I find that with my experiences that it's more the uh, reaction of the people that I attempt to explain the situation to. That's more traumatic than the experience on board the craft. But let's start with Kevin. Aloha, Kevin. Welcome to the show. How are you today? Oh, I'm doing awesome. So glad to be on the show, guys. It's been, it's been a while since we've uh, we last talked. <laughs> it has. It's been far too long. Well... Uh, tell us uh, a little bit about what's going on with you, what's current, and then we'll bring on Nancy. Sure. I've been, um, well, there's been a lot of uh, things that have kind of been pointed, or they've pointed things in my direction to help me uh, see things that they um, feel are very important and that they want me to learn and to teach. And the, the last uh, or I think that the last portion 
of the show, we're probably going to end up talking about that because uh, Nancy is is completely tied to it. Um, what Nancy and I have come to realize is that she and I are somehow in. It's the only way I can describe it. It's a consciousness quantum entanglement. She mm-hmm. and I, yeah, yeah, because like the synchronicities that happen with her and I are just incredible. Um, the largest synchronicity of my life took place, you know, in June, which had to do with um, a message that was given to her of a series of numbers. And then she came to me asking for my help if I knew anybody who could help her, to, you know, decipher the last numbers. And I said, well, actually, I do know an experiencer who had a similar experience. It was Jenna Orion. And so I, I forwarded the message to Jenna. And, and then and then Jenna responded back a couple, you know, a week later or whatever and, and said, I'm working on it. And then I sent that message to Nancy. And then Nancy emails me back, says, Kevin, did you see the time that you sent your email? I'm like, uh, no. She says, you sent it at 4.44 p.m. the first day of the first month. I received my ET phone call at 4.44 p.m. the first day of the first month. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, no way. And then she said, Kevin, the message is 444. That's the message. And the significance of that was that because, um, well, what what 444, for people to understand, is that that's an angelic number. It's a very significant, very powerful number. And there's a meaning behind it. And if you go look it up, the, the meaning is basically that um, the decisions that I have recently made are in the highest of, of order. I have one foot in the fourth dimension and um, everything is coming together as planned and the angels are singing and rejoice. Now, what's so significant wow. about, yeah. What's so, like, okay, what would be so significant to that? Well, what happened was two days prior to that, I received, uh, actually, I made the most difficult decision in my entire life, and that's when I left my wife and my kids. I had to separate from my wife, um, but I, it was necessary in order for me to be able to survive because she's, it's, it's not a good situation. She's a much lower vibration, and she was literally killing me. So the angels were actually there all the time, and they, they were basically saying, you know, everything is okay, and everything is going according to plan. So I was trying to figure out what are the chances of you know this this synchronicity, you know, and I I worked it out finally. You know, if you to, to send the same you to send a message the same minute of the same month, it actually ends up being the chances are one in forty four thousand seven hundred and forty. <laughs> Not coincidence. Wow. Not coincidence. So that's just one sample example of this quantum entanglement that that Nancy and I have. Um, the other the other one was like. Um, when when Janet when you when you contacted us about uh, asking if we wanted to be on the show and so then I huh? was um, I was messaging Nancy ty- typing up this thing up saying Nancy how about you and I you know do a show together um, and uh, we'll talk about you know, our experiences and the reptilians and I hit the send button <laughs> and then thirty seconds later a message comes up from Nancy Kevin I was just in the middle of emailing Janet about going on her radio show when I hit the send button at the same time your message pops up. (laughs) Quantum entanglement. You can't make this up, man. (laughs) No, you can't. So she and I realized that we have, there's something, we we have a really strong 
um, connection, and we we still aren't um, we're still not you know able to, to grasp how how exactly it is. But you know, this is just an example. Example. I mean, she and I, you know, at the Alien Cosmic Expo last year, you know, we we kind of you know jokingly said, hey, let's manifest some ETs. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that because I know they show up at these places, you know. And then we kind of laughed about it, thinking, oh, that's not going to happen. And then all of a sudden, we meet these two strangers, and over the course of the evening, we finally put the pieces together, realized that they were not human. <laughs> oh, my God. It was just incredible. Oh, that's yeah. great. But, uh, what, then, what led you to yeah. believe they're not human? Well, it was there was several things. Um, is Nancy on the line, too? Nancy, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Hi, everyone. Okay. okay. All right. Yeah, hi, Nancy. Okay. You can yeah, dialogue it's, with it's, us. Go yeah, ahead. it's 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 funny when we both tell the tale. <laughs> so Okay. So she, so go she back and, and I, forth. Go ahead. Yeah, so she and I are um, you know, we, we go and have lunch or we go and have dinner uh, across the street, uh, you know, uh, taking a break from the Alien Cosmic Expo and and then she and I are like, you know, joking around saying, you know what? It would be really cool if we could meet, you know, meet, you know, meet an extraterrestrial, right? And it's like, yeah. And I said, well, you know, I'm, I know Mister's listening, you know, so why don't we both ask for it together? And so we're sitting at a table, and we both did that, and you know, we're walking across the parking lot, and we we said it again. We said we really like to have contact at these at the convention because I know these things can happen. And so we get across the parking lot, and we 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 get in the entranceway, and here are these two people who just happen to have arrived. Like with it, like they said, we well, we just got here, and they were very strange looking. Um, um, they were, I mean, this, the guy he was, he he had um, his hair was kind of a mess. His beard was really was unkept. He was wearing a Hawaiian shirt. And he was wearing these these pants, and she was wearing these like these jean overalls over top. Her hair was like like she looked like she just woke up. No makeup. No, no, no jewelry or anything like that. And they said they just got here. We're thinking, gosh, they really look out of place for a convention like this. Do they know where they're? Do they realize where they are? You know, and and um, I mean, the guy he was really he was really you know talkative and really excited to talk to me and really animated. But she, but she was a little bit um, strange. Uh, Nancy, you want to because you were talking to her. Nancy, yeah, she was she was very strange. Um, she, they had no name tags. And they had just gotten there, and the, the convention was just getting ready to end. I mean, it was near the end. And she said, we've come, and she spoke like this, we've come a long way. And um, I said, are you an experiencer? And she said, I don't know what I am. <laughs> she had no purse. Um, her hair... <laughs> He looked like Yosemite Sam, and he was so taken with Kevin. He was. He did look like Yosemite, didn't he? Kevin said, and they they were like stalkers. It, it, we we couldn't get away from them. <laughs> oh, <laughs> That's wow. right. They kept following us. Care for what you asked for? <laughs> I know. I know. We well, ended we, up oh. um, meeting Grant, and as we walked into the bar to meet Grant, there they were. Um, they both stand up. <laughs> Over here, come and sit with us. Um, <laughs> come and sit with us. And I'm saying, we look at each other. We're like, oh help, no, help, help. <laughs> no. 
yeah, they happen to be sitting at the at the exact same spot where the night before um, Grant, Cameron, and us and our whole gang were were, were having drinks. So that was another kind of uh-huh. interesting thing. But you know, so we we didn't want to be rude, so we, we came over to them and we were talking to them, and and he was um, he was asking me all these questions that seemed really um, almost naive. To like uh, the way he, the way he, about what he was asking about you know experiences and, and stuff like that. It seemed he came across as like really unknowledgeable, and I thought that was just kind of odd that like the questions he was asking me it was almost like like a touristy kind of question. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. And, I'm, um, I'm envisioning the away team on the Enterprise. <laughs> uh, let's yeah. see what kind of clothes do these people wear. What do they look like? And they 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 get the wrong time. And, or they did. So they, get they were like the 70s. Time. Yeah, yeah, 70s was pretty, yeah, pretty close. They were all. We did get away though. from them, and we, we joined uh, Grant and, uh, and Desta and some others. And, whoa, we look up, and who's coming heading at us? <laughs> Nancy gave me just enough, Nancy gave me just enough warning saying, oh, Kevin, here they come. I'm like, no. what? <laughs> He yeah, and before I knew it, yeah. And as hard as he can, and I mean hard, he slaps Kevin right in the middle of the back. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. And he says, we'll see you guys on the ship. But he was so totally serious. And I just said, <laughs> yeah, I was thinking in my back of my mind, this guy is crazy. But I said, no, yeah, we'll see you oh. back on the ship. No problem. Yeah, for sure. And I just smiled. as really Have you had friendly. any experiences? Have you had any experiences back well, on the ship? Something might have happened that night. As they walked away, they they didn't walk. I, I, I was so taken with He waddled. It was one foot down on the right and then the foot down on the left. It was like a waddle, not a walk. It was really strange. Uh-huh. It was really strange. And what I what I found out was um, because um, Sue Walker, when I when I when I went to visit her in Albuquerque, and we were telling her that I was telling her the same tale. She knew exactly what I was talking about because she said she's met people like that at conventions too. Um, you know these people who are dressed up like cowboys, and they still how you can still see the, um, the, the 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 price tags stuck to the bottom of their new cowboy boots. So she knew that they were they were not really they were trying to pretend to be in. And then she stood up and said, "Did he walk like this when he left?" And then she did the same shuffle. I jumped out of my seat and went, "That's it! That's what he was doing! That's what he was doing!" <laughs> So now, do you people, think they're they're constructed different biologically that they can't walk in the same way? I think what, what Sue was saying was that she thinks it could be something to do with the gravitation's different. Yeah, they were so out of place. They anyone who looked at them could could see that these two were were very out of place. Yeah. Well, there the there are. A lot of there are a lot of strange people that come to these conferences, and when somebody is so out of place <laughs> at a conference, they're really there must be something really different about them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for mm-hmm. them to be because you know we get we get all I mean we get a lot of normal people too. They make fun of uh, people going to UFO conventions. Yes, you know on different <laughs> shows, but we get a lot of this you know normal people. People are highly educated. Uh, Professionals, you know, all kinds of people, but yeah, uh, yeah wow! But you never, you never uh, were able to get a follow up on that. They just, just well, the, actually, and- we, we kind of did get a follow up because it was it was the Monday when uh, Nancy contacted me on my phone was like messaging me saying that she was on the on the phone with um, 
Mad is it Mad Hatter? Christine? A bad painter. Matt. A bad painter. <laughs> yeah, but he's, his name is a takeoff of Bad Hatter. Yeah, but he's, he's oh, a bad no, painter. Oh, no, I'm thinking of. Uh, oh, you're Nancy. talking about Stone Hobbit. Stone Hobbit. Yeah, yeah. sorry. Stone oh, Hobbit. she was the one yes. who pointed out, you know, that, hey, <laughs> those weren't humans you were talking to, and it all made sense. Then when she pulled it apart, we started to size 30, and then Nancy was telling me, this put this together look at it from this way and i'm like oh my yes. god you're right and so we i've like she and i nancy and i were so ashamed of how we treated them we finally realized oh my god we asked for contact they showed up and it wasn't what we were expecting in the whole entire weekend because um what you know what happened with me with the biggest thing that happened with me was channeling a, an alpha draconian reptilian in front of 300 people and i was telling the people to stop being prejudiced about you know extraterrestrials and the way they look and labeling them as good or you know good or bad or evil versus good just because of their appearance. So that was the message that this draconian. I'll, I'll get into more details about what wow. happened there. But and there's so much more, but I don't have my notes. I am very anal. I keep track and notes of every single thing that happens, and I don't. I didn't think we were going to talk about this, so I don't have it. But uh, it's actually um, one of the chapters in my my second book, because I I keep every every day every day's events track of everything. I log everything, phone calls, messages. I'll um, get back to the what happened with the reptilian thing in a second. But what um, what my point was was that um, I um, my message to the people through was to basically stopping prejudices. It's um, it's a you know it's a star nation prejudice and it's not exactly. right, but that's exactly right. what Nancy Nancy and I did. Um, at an emotional level, we we were prejudiced, and we were completely ashamed of our what we did and our behavior. And so I just kind of telepathically, I was in my car and I telepathically sent out a message saying, "I'm so sorry for the way we treated you. Yes. It was wrong. It was unfair. And we learned our lesson, and we will it'll never happen again. And if you hurt us, mm -hmm. um, right. please give us a sign." And I swear to God, what happened next, this is what happened. A few minutes later, I was driving my car in. All of a sudden, it was the sun was out. All of a sudden, it, was, it started to hail. It was this, this freak hail storm came out of nowhere. And I'm like, Nancy, i got to hang up. i got to hang up. Like, i got to keep my eyes on the, on the road. And I hang up. And then, you know, a few, you know, after a minute, it disappeared and was gone. And then I'm, I look at my phone, and Nancy's replying back, OMG, OMG, LOL, LOL. I'm like, what? And she says, the time. Look at the time we hung up our phone. <laughs> it was 5.55 p.m. <laughs> oh, wow. Which is another angelic message, which means um, um, great things are going to happen. <laughs> uh, Ke Kevin, when he hit you, that's what I'm interested in. How hard did he hit you? Uh, was it painful? Oh, yeah. Was he no, it was like a like it was like what a buddy would do to slap you on the back. It was like a like like if we had been ah. old friends for a long time. Yeah. I see. It was a friendly gesture. Yeah. Very much, but it was very powerful. It was like boom. I was like it took me by surprise, but it was like like it was kind of strange. It's like no one's ever done that before. Like do I you know you do that to some you know to somebody that you that you've known for a long time. So and they don't say yes, we'll yeah. see you on the ship after they hit you. <laughs> Yeah, See no you can. on the ship. <laughs> See you on the ship. Wow. They have a sense of humor. <laughs> and they sent you the hailstorm. Wow. They wanted to get your attention. Got yeah. your attention. 
Wow. So I should probably fill in the story of what happened with this draconian thing. Okay, yeah. let's do the draconian. Okay. So this is the Alien Cosmic Expo in Toronto. Uh, it was uh, in June. And when I when I first arrived there, uh, I met up with um, uh, Campbell Foster, who I'd had I interviewed the, um, the, the you know the month before, and he uh, has this uh, pyramidian um, pyramids that he builds. You can actually get in, you know s- you know sit inside these pyramids and meditate. And I had him on the show, and we did uh, you know we did a we did a, we did a sound a sound healing, but I wanted to uh, you know check out this you know his pyramid, and so I go inside it, and. I'm pretty sensitive, and I immediately felt the energy inside this pyramid. <clears throat> These pyramids are made basically with copper tubing, and then they're, they're held together with uh, with wooden circular things, and um, there's magnets on, on calibrated on certain ports. So it was a very powerful energy that I was in, and he was doing a, a chakra healing on me, and I could feel I could feel the energy and 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 this uh, and this alignment that was taking place. In fact, actually, he he handed me a a, a, um, a crystal ball, and he said sometimes people can see things inside the crystal ball when they're you know when they're meditating, and so I, I, I'm holding this crystal ball, and it's it's not quite um, you know clear. It's kind of opaque. You know, it's got some little lines inside it, and I'm kind of looking just past it. You know, just kind of like not directly at it, but just kind of slightly through it. The kind of thing that you would do with those. Um, Posters that used to be really popular in the '90s, you know, that if uh-huh. you just looked out, looked just slightly out of focus, the three-dimensional picture would show up. So I was doing that with this crystal while I was meditating, and I swear to God, I saw four different um, zetas appear inside this crystal, not at the same time, but just different ones. It was really cool, like they were three-dimensional. They were just kind of looking at me. I was like, "Whoa, this is pretty wild." <laughs> and so. Um, <laughs> And so, like, um, the energy I felt in this pyramid, it felt, honestly, it felt like a waterfall from the top spilling down and just kind of spreading out the floor underneath me in this alignment of my energy chakras. But I I was getting really dizzy. It was getting really powerful. I said, Campbell, I got to get out of this thing. I'm I'm getting really dizzy. And he literally had to physically pull me out of the the pyramid. And I'm just kind of standing there, and I'm really, um, you know, my my, my mind is... It kind of felt like um, when you're out of focus, but your energy kind of out of focus. Uh-huh. So um, it's kind of hard to explain, but I, I just felt really kind of dizzy um, throughout my entire body. And what I found out was happening was actually my chakras were actually starting to align, but it takes a, a while for them to come into into an alignment. So I, I go to the uh, the the you know the ace and the um, the, the the speakers because they're they're doing a the speaking. And I was still really dizzy, um, sitting in my chair. But over a period of about half an hour, I felt my energies really align, and I never felt such clarity of energy before in my life. I could feel this power, this energy just flowing through me. This is important as to what um, it, it uh, what what entailed next, because honestly, I really feel that this was important as to why this happened. So my energies are flowing through me. And then it was uh, a guy from MUFON who was doing a presentation. And you have to understand that these some of these MUFON guys are kind of they're kind of green when it comes to understanding the larger picture, you know. So um, he was talking about a um, it was um, a case he was working on with a woman and her daughter in Burlington, uh, this abduction case. 
And then he uh, he had us a PowerPoint presentation. They were showing a bunch of pictures and stuff. And then he said, um, then I asked uh, when I was well, talking with his daughter, I asked her to draw, draw some pictures. And you should be careful what you ask for because look what she drew. And then he puts up this picture, and it was of this red reptilian, um, kind of looked like almost like the 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 swamp the swamp monster from you know the fifties movies, but it was he was completely oh, wow. red, completely red, um, and he had large wings. And for some strange reason, even though I had never seen that before, I knew. With absolute hundred percent certainty, I knew that that was an alpha draconian reptilian. How did mm-hmm. I know this? I don't know. Is this just one of those things like a download, like a knowing? You know what I mean? That you know something that you've never known before, but you just knew when you saw it. It's it's really hard to explain. I think it might have been a download, or it could have been a something from the the you know the Kashuk records uh, unlocking of a memory of mine. So yeah, um, I recognized it. And then he started going on, you know, describing it, you know, talking about nightmares and gargoyles and, and starting comparing this, you know, this picture that she drew of this reptilian to gargoyles and nightmares. And I thought, oh, my God, I can't believe you're just doing that. You know, it's like that is so prejudiceness. And I was really upset and I was I felt inside myself like I really want I wanted to say something, but I was kind of holding it in. OK, at this point, but I felt this energy coming through me. And um, then he did his more did his presentation. He was talking about other things, and and then he kind of came back full circle again and started talking about angels and devils. And then once again, he pulls up the picture of that of that that reptilian. And at this point, um, I was I was pretty you know I was upset, but I didn't want to say anything. But then all of a sudden, it was almost like this voice inside me said, "Well, if you're not going to say something, if you're not going to say something, then I'm going to." And then he came in. Wow. It was like, the only thing I can describe it was, um, you know, that point, like it, when you're, when you've been really sick and, and that point of like, you, just before you throw up that point of no return. Right. <laughs> that's the only way to describe it. You know, like basically there's that point of no return where it's coming up and you can't stop it. That's exactly how this felt has physically felt. It came, he came right through me. And then I put my hand up in the air and say, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. And he, and he had to stop the whole thing. And there's 300 people here, right? And I said, and I started talking to him uh-huh. saying, I said, I said, you cannot talk about, you know, such and such. And then as I'm talking to him, my voice starts really getting really low and dropping like this. And I'm talking to him like this. Okay. And, and I've never talked like that before. And I was surprised that I was talking like that. And, you know, when I decided to speak in front of 300 people with the cameras rolling, and then I felt this physical transformation taking place with me, my face changed, my face felt different. And then all of a sudden I could feel between my shoulder blades. Well, actually I felt my back expand. I felt like my back was three times larger than it normally is. I felt huge. I felt massive. And then I felt between my shoulder blades, I could feel something really sticking out and heavy. I didn't know at the time what was going on, but I felt really big. I felt physically big. And I'm talking to this guy and explaining to him that, you know, I said, you know, this is an alpha draconian. These are my people. You cannot call, you know, label somebody, you know, good or evil or or black and white to to paste, you know, based upon what they, what they look like. This is how we look. This is, these are, this is who we are. And I said, these are my people, and there's many of us in the room right now, and we are listening. 
And then he just shit his pants. He just said, okay, I'm done. See you later. Bye. And he, he just closed up his presentation. And then I'm like, also keep in mind that while this was happening to me, it wasn't, it was, it was consciously, I think I was about 25% there and 75% was, was him. This, 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 mm-hmm. you know, but we were, it was, it was, it was both of us speaking at the same time. And um, I think honestly, the reason why this happened was because of this chakra alignment, because my energy was so in line, it was kind of like I left, a, I had to like, you know, I, I left the door open and the, and the white light was kind of shining through the door. He just kind of kicked the door open and sat in my seat, you know, <laughs> he's like, this guy's, uh-huh. you know, this guy's so lined up and his energies are right. He's of a high vibration and, and he, and he disagrees with what this guy's saying too. I'm just going to sit right in. And that's what he did. He just sat, sat down and, and had his, you know, said what he said his piece. But man, he was big. God, he was big. They are. <laughs> yeah. And um, I, I think, um, um, I think if that movie Jupiter Rising, you remember, have you seen that movie Jupiter yeah. Rising? Yeah, Jupiter setting is supposed to be about me. A bunch of people saw the movie and they had read my book and they go, Janet, that's your story. I'm like, what? So finally, about a year uh, after it came out, I got to see it. I could see uh, the resemblance. Yeah, there's, there's, it, it's like somebody read my book and changed it, you know, enough that you wouldn't say, well, that's it, but enough uh, people recognized it. They said, okay. But yeah, there's reptilians in there. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. The, oh, he, yeah, the the, uh, the ones that came through the floor with the big wings, Al, those are like alpha draconians. That that's what I felt like. That's exactly what I felt right. like, and that big too. So yeah, it was crazy. And then uh, maybe it was three months ago, I decided to do a little research project on um, on the history of reptilians, and I found this video I was watching. And in the video, um, <laughs> it's kind of funny because. Um, after I experienced that thing with the, you know, the ACE, I took a picture of myself that was taken in the pyramid. And then I also found two pictures of reptilians I found on the internet that pretty were close to, you know, to, to what I felt like I looked like. But then I watched this video of the reptilians and they talked about the different you know, species of reptilians. And when they got to talking about alpha draconians, <laughs> lo and behold, the pictures that I had pulled up on the internet were the ones that they were showing the exact same pictures, the exact same drawings. Wow. So that gets us to reptilians. Yes, it does. And uh, so you've had experiences with reptilians, and I've had experiences with reptilians, and Nancy wrote a book about her experiences. So are you complete with your train of thought, or do you have some more things to say? And then we'll, uh, no, this is a, this is a perfect, this is a perfect spot to... Uh, to, to pass it over, but just to let you know, there's there's also more history that I have with with reptilians personally, because um, when I did a reading with uh, with uh, Elizabeth April, she told me that I actually was a reptilian in ancient Egypt. So, and that, that was actually confirmed by um, by a tall white who I, I had a chance to talk to. So, I have a past life, uh, definitely a history of repti- of being a reptilian. So you uh, talked yeah, you to know- a tall white. Go ahead, Tony. Your turn. Yeah. Oh well, it's just that uh, you know uh, one of my the people I've been interviewing, uh, uh, Stuart Swerdlow, talks about the Council of Hatona uh, after uh, the, there was a huge war between the uh, Atlanteans uh, and the 
uh, reptilians, which was a breakaway reptilian group that had uh, come to Earth. And finally, uh, there was a, at the Council of Hatona uh, in, in the Andromeda group, they agreed that they would make humans uh, uh, with volunteer uh, extraterrestrials to give them genes, 12 uh, humanoid uh, Lyran groups and one reptilian. And the reptilian group uh, particularly made their key on the brain. All of us, if they can access us, uh, in our uh, uh, we are receptive to, and we are partly reptilian. We are brainstem and our survival self uh, uh, is right there, and uh, we are all reptilian. Also, all human beings are. That's right. So, Nancy. <laughs> Hi. Hi there. <laughs> Are you ready to address this issue of reptilians? Yes. Uh, I, <laughs> I wanted to talk about um, my book, um, Symbiosis. Go ahead. What, what do you want us to know? Well, first of all, the definition of symbiosis. It's a mutually beneficial relationship between two different organisms. And Symbiosis, the book, is, is much more than my 50-year secret of my abduction in 1961 when I was 12, and more than the past six years of high strangeness, including missing time, giving birth to my hybrid son in 2012 when I was 62, messages, examinations, but as David Chase has so eloquently stated, and he has a chapter in this book, and he did the cover for this book also. He sees um, symbiosis as a process by which the reptilians are introducing themselves to humanity. And it's also a testament to just how difficult it is to step forward and share this information with family, friends, and even other experiencers. There is a dirty little secret this unspoken competition, I have literally had to step over people to be heard. And this too is one of my missions, paying forward what I call him Sir Grant Cameron has done for me by, by, by um, publishing my book. I want to help others to be heard. There are so many new experiencers and they are aching to be heard. Um, against so many that refuse to step aside or lose their place. And many may not like what I have to say, but I'm not here to make friends. It's um, more important that I speak the truth. And it has been hell getting here. Um, as Michael Melton, who also has a, a, David Chase and Michael Melton each have a chapter in the book, very important chapters. And as Michael Melton stated in his chapter, that I have experienced bizarre and strange, th so many bizarre and strange things that I've actually lost sight of how the world works and where I fit in. But I have successfully worked through most of my issues and I've created a new world view. And I've integrated my abductions and involvement with the reptilians so well that I'm actually working with them in an effort to help develop an understanding and a relationship built upon cooperation and sharing. I continue this process of integration, which is called symbiosis. So, 
I wanted to get that out of the way. Um, I kept the secret for oh. 50 years. Um, yeah. 50 years I never spoke about that incident in 1961, not to anyone. There was a close encounter. Yeah. In July of 1961, it was a daylight sighting, and for 20 minutes, the chief of police took phone calls. It was summer between 6.05, and I was returned at 10 minutes to 9. But the memories I did carry those, those 50 years are clear and vivid. They involved my girlfriend, Cindy. We were both 12 at the time. We met when we were 9 years old. Her father, neighbors, and two police officers. We watched as a beam of light came down and immobilized a car, which I would find out 50 years later was Officer Martin Cohn in an unmarked car. So that meant there were three police officers on the scene. I'm still in contact with Chief Begall. I have recorded all of our phone calls. I have, um, he's, he's 97 now. And we still continue to speak. He just did an interview with the Detroit, we did an interview with the Detroit Historical Society, which they have refused to release. But I have it recorded. And I did send it to Linda Moulton Howe, and I have a transcription of it, and it it's in um, my second book. Anyway, um, I never understood why I, I couldn't remember what had happened. Um, how I got home that night. For 50 years, I wondered, how did I get home? And why so many nights I spent staring out of my bedroom window saying, please come back and get me. I realized that I was programmed to forget. And then I was reprogrammed to awaken September um, 1st of 2011. And that is when I met uh, Dr. Wellness and started um, went through the five regressions and I was programmed at that time to like I was saying earlier to keep track of every event every phone call every message to take pictures to take videos I've never had a diary in my life but they programmed me at that moment so that I if anyone tries to challenge me I have all the phone calls all of their emails um, all of these people who made my life hell. You know, well, mm -hmm. uh, doubt. I, I wanted to touch on doubt because it's so important. No one has tried harder to disbelieve or discredit me than me. Um, especially when it's your family telling you that you're crazy. I've removed all of them from my life. And I would have never been able to write this book if they had been in my life. Never. I cannot try to deny or reason away police witnesses, recorded conversations, witnesses that include an attorney, fireman, and three therapists that all validate, <laughs> all validate me. Um, When I was awakened, I, I would have never been able to share in such detail and keep track of, of everything. Had I listened to all of this negativity and the attacks on me, my mission would have been lost. 
and perception. I'll get to that in a minute. I, I, I had notes that I thought were really important. I wanted to, wanted to, wanted to share. You know, an, an enriched life comes from our ability to see many perspectives, not just our own. Um, when I sent my book out uh, the, to the first uh, publisher, um, two days later I received a, we don't want it. Now, they didn't even have time to read it. And I was just, mm -hmm. I was just sick. And Mr. immediately put this message in my head. He said, closed minds, closed doors. So I got a smile out of that. And um, that is exactly why poor David Chase did two covers for the book. The first cover was a picture of Mr. And it was received so poorly. And I was attacked on, on, on Facebook by a friend I went to school with. We don't want to see that stuff. We don't want to see that scary stuff. You know, you were always fun in school, but we don't want to see this. Of course, I wow. deleted her and all of her little minions. Um, so Mr. kept putting this image, and this is how he works with me. He places images like slides in a projector in my head over and over again, removing them until I either draw them, put them to paper, and I, I knew I had to share it with David. So I, I, I told him what the image was, and that's the cover of the book. And David did exactly right down to the onk ring on the finger because he wanted his physical form changed to something less frightening and yet still depicting the bond and love between us. So It's a great album cover. Or not album. Yeah, cover, it's a great book cover. <laughs> book uh -huh. cover, yes. Sorry if I'm a musician. Yeah. But what I'm very curious about the first one. What was so frightening about the one that you decided not to use? Because it showed him in full with his um, webbed alligator feet and his heavy tail resting on the floor and his scales and. Um, and he was it wearing was, a red a red cape, wasn't he? Blue. I, blue cape. I believe it was blue. I've got the cover somewhere. Yes, but your cat in the background has got my cat. Yeah, going I've been crazy. Her, she I'm is flying her. all over this apartment. <laughs> Hold on one second. <laughs> She's Hi, like, where is you, it? You know, <laughs> we look at elephants and we, we look at... Uh, rhinoceri and uh, saber-toothed tigers and we can take that in i i think that uh, i'd really like to see that other picture too well i will i will uh, i will share it with you i will um absolutely I, I will i will repost it on facebook it's a beautiful picture david did a beautiful job oh, and i um, see it it, it uh, you know, and I wanted to touch on uh, our perception, you know, the positive and negative assessment of an ET experience is determined not by the action of the ETs, but by the perception of the experiencer. Oh. They are only considered abductions until we have accepted our reality as positive. It is then that we can participate 
and realize that we have a mission. My mission is so much more than simply assisting humanity to lose um, fear. It is about how we choose to accept, to learn and share. This is our opportunity to come together as a collective force. It, our strongest defense is simply love and unity. And that's all I ever get from Mr. and the Reptilians is love and uni unity. You know, um, Dr. John Mack wrote a book. Um, he's my hero, by the way. <laughs> Um, abduction, oh. human encounters um, with aliens. And in it, he, he talks about how he, he's been asked so many times why experiences that appear cruel and traumatic, how can those be spiritually transformative? And, and this is his answer. Sometimes our most useful spiritual learning and growth come at the hands of rough teachers. One might even go farther and argue that spiritual growth is inevitably disturbing as the boundaries of consciousness are breached and we are open to new domains of existence. And this is where I wanted to play that one minute and 30 second, um, read the fear. Let's see if it was my, my Mad, can you, yeah, let me ask our producer, uh, Mad, can you play that the YouTube that I sent you the link to? Uh, possible? Uh, yeah, give me a second. It'll take me a okay. second to set it up. This was my to, first conversation. I have to find it for one thing. Oh. It's yeah, only a minute. I sent it earlier today. Yeah, okay. He'll, he'll do it. He's very good. Okay. <laughs> so, um, so, you know, an interesting way to look at it while he's fishing around is that okay. there is no other that that uh, the uh, illusion uh, that there is an other is not seeing that you are part of a coherent field with whatever you're saying is other. Okay, okay, I'm I'm ready. I have to change my settings and then I'll start it. Okay, and this okay. was this was what Mister shared with me when I was 12 years old in 1961. It was our first conversation. Just bear with us. <laughs> Very peaceful. This is our meditation, waiting for this to start. <laughs> My cat's looking for a bird now. <laughs> I know. Everything comes through. I, I live in a jungle, can you tell? <laughs> Y'all couldn't hear it? Oh. No, we didn't hear it. Oh, darn. Uh, I can't do it because it, my Skype... Uh, updated just before the show and kind of messed me up. I have to go back and read oh. it. Oh, so. darn. Well, I have it up on the, the website. He can't get it to work. It's not going to work. Okay, well, I will... I will. Um, let, let me try it this way and tell me if you okay. can hear it. I was going to say... I, okay. I, I, okay. Okay. Yeah. No, we're not getting it. Uh. Okay. Uh, well, darn. Okay. It's hard sometimes to play them on. Uh, yeah. It was I a good could, idea, um, though. I do have a 
I have an what, idea. That? I could. Um, I have my speakers and my my laptop up. I could just hold my was, phone to hold my phone to it. Okay, let's we'll try that. Yeah, go that, ahead. That's try that. what I just tried with my <laughs> computer. Yeah. Oh, you just tried it. It's not coming through. Well, that's okay. I'll I'll um. I got. I'll get it in a second here. Oh, okay. One second. One second. We're gonna do this. <laughs> here, let me see if this works. Okay. I was looking forward from time to the nice one. She was the female on board because they didn't want to take me through the laparoscopy um, again. And um, she helped me get dressed, and she walked me back to the pilot. And as I approached him, I was I was confused and I was angry. I said, Mr. Why did you let them hurt me? And he said, your pain was perceived. And then I was infuriated. She told me to learn to expand my perception and find the positives in each perception. If we are abused, then we will perceive our reality as a negative. Through love, we are able to perceive our reality and find that it is so Everything and everybody is peripheral to our universe and our reality. If we can conquer the concept that we are all part of one energy, the concept of unity becomes obvious to us, and we no longer fear the unknown death, because whatever we are, we are always who we are. Turn on all your positive sensors. Believe in your ability to grow and change. And then he put these words in my head. And he told me to put them to paper. All memories are packed and taken with us in each new life. When the load becomes too heavy, we travel or become, and he put quotations, light knowledge energy. Did that work? Okay. Yes, that yes. we heard it, and that, that is wonderful. Wonderful. <laughs> and that is how we communicate. Um, he is in in um, he's light knowledge energy. Um, I no longer I don't see him in physical form. In fact, I write about that in the book. I I only remember seeing him in physical form as a reptilian when I was um, two or three years old. And um, I was watching his scales pull away from the foundation, and it so bothered me that I wanted to reach up and scratch his, his, <laughs> his scales. And he realized that it bothered me. So I have never seen him in that form since. We don't have need for that. Um, we communicate uh, He's either in featureless form when I was on board with him, um, and he is light knowledge energy. I I also have the very first four messages that were given to me in 2011 when I was awakened, and it's only now you know it's funny because it's it's really uh, they're starting to understand them like. The message, our messages are not for everyone. Many will be left behind. Well, I didn't think they meant that literally. And then three years later in 2014, I was told, no, 
in no uncertain terms, this is to be taken literally. Many will be left behind. Well, I still didn't get it. And it's, it, it's only now, right now, that I fully understand this message, the left behind. The left behind are those that are spiritually not evolved or awakened. They will not be a part of this collective consciousness. That's why I feel less and less attached to this planet. I, I just feel so unattached. And we will be back after this commercial break. Thank you for listening. We'll be back in five minutes. will give you those truths when you're mad as hell and not going to take it anymore from that memorable scene in network you'll know just what to do we will draw you in and become your news addiction at event horizons join us monday through friday from 10 a.m to noon eastern time at freedomslips.com at revolution radio our world team members are Dennis Fetcho, John Ilias, David Dunger, Hila Cass, MD, Melanie Richton, Jim Mars, Paula Harris, John Trello, Gloria Payan, Christopher Husser, DODDS, Jonathan Orchard, and me, your anchor, Dr. Robin Falco. If uh, you decide not to volunteer, it will not be held against you in any way. Sounds dangerous. It is. Very dangerous. Count me in. That's right here, Revolution Radio, freedomslips.com, where information never sleeps. Is your data safe? Do you have the necessary information to assist you in confidently living through just about any survival situation? Is survival and gardening, off-grid living, medical knowledge, or even natural or man-made EMPs on your list of personal concerns? Do you have your documents and your personal information in a safe place in your hands where you know where it is? Well, check out our preloaded EMP-proof thumb drive. 
Over three gigs of survival documents and how-tos, plus the USDA offline food preservation website, and much, much more, including a surprise bonus we just can't tell you about here. With plenty of room left over to store your most important documents. Imagine if a mega virus or computer failure took out your bank, or all the banks for that matter. Are your banking records safe in your hands so when they get things fixed and repaired, you can say, hey, look, this is what I had. You have it. I want it back. Is your personal data safe? Family records, addresses, phone numbers? We'll squeeze on over to freedomslips.com. Yes, that's www.freedomslips.com. Click the banner on the homepage for the EMP proof bullet drive to get the full scoop of everything that we offer. So, folks, keep your data safe for your peace of mind. Revolution Radio, freedomslips.com. You don't need to expect us, we're already here. Syrian diplomat reported today that their population is evolving rapidly and advancing into a fifth dimensional consciousness. They are seeking peace with all cosmic cultures, which may mean that the Earth will be asked to join the prestigious Galactic Federation of Light Alliances. Please join Debbie West and Michael Hathaway on Lost Knowledge. Saturdays, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time in Studio A for the latest breaking news on the Star Visitor's peaceful contact and the ongoing project of cleansing the Earth. This is the people's war. It is our war. We are the fighters. Fight it then. Fight it with all that is in us. And may God defend the right. Warning! Warning! We gotta stop us! They're gonna kill us all! See how the trouble you've started? Be they the government, be they industry, be they organized labor, be they anyone, or human beings! Time when the operation of the machine becomes so odious, makes you so sick at heart, that you can't take part, you can't even passively take part. You've got to put your bodies upon the gears and upon the wheels, upon the levers, upon all the apparatus, and you've got to make it stop. And you've got to win the day to the people who run it, to the people who own it, that unless you're free, the machine will be prevented from working at all. Revolution Radio of FreedomSlips.com, the number one listener-supported talk radio station, throwing ourselves upon the gears of the machine. Revolution Radio, where information never sleeps. You calm down the thunder, well now you've got it. You tell them I'm coming, and hell's coming with me, you hear? Hell's coming with me! Revolution
every Wednesday, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on Studio B for Momentary Zen with host Zen Garcia at freedomsteps.com, the people station. The opinions expressed on this radio station, its programs, and its website by the hosts, guests, and call-in listeners or chatters are solely the opinions of the original source who expressed them. They do not necessarily represent the opinions of Revolution Radio and FreedomSlips.com, its staff, or affiliates. You're listening to Revolution Radio, FreedomSlips.com, 100% listener-supported radio, and now we return you to your host... Okay, you are back live. Aloha, welcome back to the Sacred Matrix on Revolution Radio at revolution.radio. And I'm Janet Carolesson with Dr. Sasha Aliathison. Our producer is Thomas Becker and our guests, Kevin Estrella and Nancy Tremaine. And we're left off in a very exciting part. We'll be back to that in just a minute after this announcement. It's time now to go over there to that donation button on Freedom. Uh, it used to be Freedom Slips. It's Revolution.radio. And donate what you can a dollar, five, 15, 20, 100, 1,000, a million, whatever <laughs> you can donate. It's greatly appreciate it. Uh, we thank you very much for your donation. Mad Painter, where are we in the process? Uh, we have 1570 and 1570, and we need 27.25. So we re- really need quite a bit of help. Okay, come on, guys, gals, go make a donation. Okay, where were we when we left uh, everybody? This, oh, go this, ahead, back to you. Go ahead. Uh, this week, Hawk actually had to put $1,000 in of his own money on the station this week because of upgrades and stuff. Wow. Oh, I see. Well, it'll improve things for everybody, so dig into your pockets. Okay, now uh, Sasha, where are you? I'm right here. I want to know. That, I want you to know. That, you know, reality is like an, an elephant, and we grasp it from various uh, perspectives, and all of our perspectives can give something. So n- never diss another person's experience. If you just shut up and listen and empathize with a person, you can learn from everybody's experience. And uh, you know what you'll what you'll uh, inevitably learn is that there isn't any other, and that those. Uh, experiences of other people are experiences that will resonate with you too because we're all part of the uh, uh, this is a holographic universe and we are in every consciousness and every consciousness is in us we can just and so everything that you think isn't you is you so you can love it all that's what I think that's beautiful thank you for that yes I'm glad you brought that up about the the holographic universe because uh that uh, actually ties into um, the message that Nancy was given to, and she was directed to give it to me. We'll, we'll probably get to that later on. We will. We definitely will. So we're going to continue with uh, what Nancy experienced and what she was told by Mister. And okay. and Mister uh, doesn't. Yeah, tell us more about your experiences. Okay, um, well, I can give you, I'll share a couple more of the messages um, that, that I've been given. I've, I've been given so many, but um, 
these are the, some of the early messages. The body is ascending and receiving antenna. And your mission is not to convince, but to inform. And this message was just, this last part was just given to me a couple of weeks ago. Your words will reach the ears they are intended for. Oh. <laughs> your destiny is to learn what you are and describe it perfectly. And I didn't get that. I didn't understand. They said to learn what you are. And then I realized that I am alien by nature, human by choice, and here to assist humanity during this spiritual evolution. So that explains that. I want to, we were talking about the reptilians and who they are and why they're here. And this is, this is the information that, that I have been given from them. We know they are geneticists. And they're here right now. They're doing a much-needed upgrading at this time, studying our emotions of fear, love, empathy, anxiety, and sexual pleasure. Um, they are removing hate, rage, and the desire to kill and war. And their biggest concern is empathy. Because humanity has lost so much empathy, because we have become desensitized with all of the commercials and the, the, the death that we see. And a study was done in about 14,000 students over a 30-year period. Of 72 different studies were done in the University of Michigan here. And Sarah Conrath has found that empathy has dropped 40 I'm going to say this again because it kills me every time I say it. It was done with 14,000 students. It has dropped 40%. 40%. Now, without empathy, you can't have love. You can't. Empathy is love. Um, yes. And we're creating an antisocial society. And we have the proof with Trump in office. Sorry, I had to say that. Um, but we are. And we're in trouble. Uh, so I wanted to ask about that because I've heard that report before. And it seems, you know, I was born in 54. And it seems like um, that cross was processed as intentional. That our, our media started getting more and more violent. Mm -hmm. And I, I remember going to the theater about 20 years ago. And I was watching the coming attractions. And I said, I can't take it. I can't even take the coming attractions because they were, they were so violent. And I, I came out of one of the Bruce Willis movies, and I just said, how many people just died in this movie <laughs> in the name of an action movie? It was just appalling. Mm -hmm. I said, there must be a thousand people that died in this movie at the hands of Bruce Willis, and he's our hero. And it was just appalling. And I went, I can't do this anymore. So I withdrew from, from violence. But I... But then I met Sasha, and he would sit down and watch something, and he'd say, that's so violent. And I go, well, that's not violent, you know. So our perceptions were different. But over time, I realized that that, that was programming me to be desensitized to the point where I didn't recognize violence. But Sasha, who is uh, a war baby, born in 1940, he, he didn't grow up with television like I did. I was put in front of the television and desensitized. So when television came, it was like, oh, I don't want to watch that. And he wouldn't go out and play. So uh, so he was very sensitive in all his life. He
he wouldn't watch violence like I did. Whoops. Okay. I gotta turn that off. <laughs> so, anyway, I just wanted to add that. Sorry about that. Um, that uh, I think that was intentional, and now I can't stand watching all those things in the, oh. the theater. I don't go to the movies anymore. I just watch very, very, very peaceful fun things uh, are very selective. I don't have television. I don't want that energy beamed into my house. I'll watch Netflix and things like that, but I won't watch all that gratuitous violence. I hear you. Just, and I, you, know, you know, when when that happened in Hawaii, I, I, I thought of you both right away, um, and my heart went out to you. I cannot imagine in my wildest dreams what both of you were going through. And I'm so sorry that you had to go through that. Yeah, oh, I, it was surreal, but, you know, there's stories coming out now that there actually was a missile launch. Yes. I, I went and said that it was um, one of our own off. <laughs> you know, I got to download that night. I Honestly, I was so upset about the whole thing because you don't know. You know, it's just the last... Literally, you're counting it down. This is the last 15 minutes of my life, right? Yes. And in, in, in Oahu, where there's a couple million people, they were just jumping out the freeway and leaving their cars. And, mm. you know, and yeah. so where do you go? Where can you even get in 15 minutes? You're going to be in gridlock. So it was just horrendous. And I thought this was intentional. They're, they're doing this to freak everybody out. It was. Um, Absolutely. You know, my download was. Yeah. yeah. My you download was, oh, yes, one of ours. This is another 911. Yep. Go ahead. Absolutely. Oh, boy, I'm so glad you said that and you've got the guts to say it. Absolutely. It was planned. And how many people died of heart attacks? You know. Oh, Christ. I, oh. People were crashing cars. I, it was some, yeah. some celebrity was here in Maui. She said she the phones went off and she was outside of a hotel and on the street up front, she heard a loud crash, you know, just from people responding to this text that said, this is not a, this is not a drill, incoming missile. Oh, <laughs> you know, yeah. Get to 15 yeah. minutes to get to protection, and there's no system in place here, and there really isn't a system. Where are you going to put all these people that yeah. are, you know, yep. underground? They gotta, yeah. You got to feed them for, what is it, weeks, months, years? No. Nah. Oh, and then the hotels and different businesses, they were they were sending everybody outside of the building. They said, you got to leave now. Oh, jeez. You got to leave. Go outside. We didn't want you dying in our store. Right, right. Yep, not on our watch. Oh, oh Lord. So talk about lack of empathy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah oh, this is okay. scary times. But... <laughs> they are. I, I would talk about the positive now. We'll get back to some positive. Yes, let's get. We got the last half of the show. Let's talk about the positive things. So I think that I I have angels. I have had so many situations in my life like that where I should be dead, and mm -hmm. I have angels. I have guides. Yes. And uh, how do we know what we're doing? My sister. I call my sister, and I said, "What do we do?" She goes, "Well, this can't be real. Let's just pray." She goes. She symbols everything in terms of prayer. She's a uh, Mormon, convert Mormon. I said, okay, you go ahead and do it. And then, uh, you know, within about uh, 15 minutes, we got the 
That was a false alarm. Now, how do we know what we're doing affects or doesn't affect anything? These are all different multiverses. Are we, by our thoughts and deeds, shifting into another reality, into another multiverse? That we yeah. can prove it or disprove it. Go ahead. Tell yeah. us, Kevin. I have proof. Um, should I start now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. Your turn. Okay. This, um, this, this ties together once again uh, with Nancy and I because, as I said, she and I have this strange kind of quantum consciousness entanglement. Um, there's the only way I can describe what happens. Thursday, November 29th, I'm at work. It started at 3.30. And uh, I work in a marketing uh, marketing company, and we work on behalf of companies to you know, book appointments to, you know, for their, for their, for their reps, rep, you know, their, their agents to their sales reps to go out. And we're working this one campaign, which normally is a, you know, it's a no brainer um, because the, the product is, um, doesn't cost the company any money and it's going to save them 65% on our electricity bills. We book a lot of appointments, but all of a sudden I, you know, I, first of all, luckily I was able to get people on the phone in the afternoon, but all of a sudden it was like every single phone call was save me money, not interested, click. Saving money, not interested. Click, and I'm like, "What the heck is going on here?" And I was, and it happened four times in a matter of half an hour. Now, first of all, you know, to be able to get that many people on the phone is 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 one thing, which it doesn't happen. But the second one, for them to all say no, and then it wasn't just me, but it was like several of the girls on our team were all experiencing the same thing. And I'm thinking, "Oh my God, what the heck is going on here?" It's like I stepped into another parallel universe. Oh no. They want me to do something. They want me to do some research. This is a sign. This is a message. I knew exactly what it was that they were that they were pointing me towards. And so I go home that night and I spent the entire evening doing research on the Mandela effect because um, I had already heard about the Mandela effect. You know, Elizabeth April's talked a lot about it. She gives a lot of examples. But this is going to be the time when I actually really went down the rabbit hole. So. Um, they, you know, I'm, I'm, sh- I'm sure you guys probably heard about the Mandela effect and how, you know, many things have, um, people, you know, many things have changed now. Um, should we give a history of what the Mandela effect is to kind of get people up to date? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah so basically, yeah. it started. It all started with um, the, the about Nelson Mandela and how Nelson Mandela he he died in uh, 2013 he be, you know he got out of prison and he became uh, uh, you know president and he died i think it was 2012 or 2013 however there is a mass amount of people we're not we're talking like hundreds of thousands of people or possibly millions who remember him dying in in prison in i think like the 1990s and it wasn't just like it wasn't like it was like a a, um, a missed memory. We're talking about people who studied this stuff in school. They did presentations on it, and and it's like there's two different re- realities that are coexisting. You know, there's one where he died and one where he didn't. So this 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 Mandela it became doing, you know coined the Mandela effect, where there seems to be um, two different realities that are coexisting at the same time, and there's res- residual evidence of. The, of, of a of a past uh, a past uh, timeline, and several movies have changed now. I mean, like you know, like Forrest Gump. You know, life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. Well, that's what I remember watching when I saw the movie. 
And but if you go watch it now, he says life was like a box of chocolates. The movie's changed. You you, you go and find any copy, it's not going to say is. It's going to say was. So that's one. And the other one was you know for example a great one was um, um, mirror mirror on the wall who's the fairest of them all. Well, that's not what it says anymore. It says magic mirror on the wall. You know it's it's crazy. Um, you know, for you know, the field of dreams, if you build it, they will come. Well, no. And now it's if you build it, he will come. So I, that's just, you know, that's just a, you know, a small example of things. I mean, you know, the Ford logo has changed. The Volkswagen logo has changed. There's many things that have changed. It's so crazy. We're talking about like, um, basically, um, the thing for me that became the reality where I realized, wait a second, something's changed was when they said about Star Wars. And I'm a huge Star Wars fan. It's been a part of my life since, you know, the first movie came out. Um, and they said about now C-3PO has a silver leg. Um, do you guys know who C-3PO is? Oh, yeah. We know C-3PO. <laughs> yeah. So the big, tall, yeah. you know, the big, tall, golden droid. Well, the, the one yeah. that I grew up with, the one I grew up with, he always had, he was always one color. He was just gold. And now all of a sudden they're showing pictures, you know, this Mandela presentation saying now he has a silver leg. I'm like, give me a freaking break. That's the that's, that's, that's the funniest thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> and they're showing these clips of different, you know, scenes of the movie where he's got a silver leg. I'm thinking that's some pretty good CGI. Lure put that together. That's pretty funny. So I decided, okay, I'm going to do my own research on this. And so um, I, I start pulling videos on YouTube of C-3PO and every single one, he's got a silver leg. I'm like, this is crazy. What's going on here? Somebody's gone in and they've they've changed these movies. Like it's the, he doesn't have a silver leg. Somebody's pulling a big a big joke. I said, there's only one way that I know for sure that this is you know that this is um, a, a, you know BS basically because I have my my uh, three, my trilogy VHS copies. Okay, because I've had them since 1991, and I watched them with my kids a couple years ago. We watched the entire movies because I wanted them to have a full Star Wars experience, and uh, I knew that my movies were right, that they there's nothing wrong with them, that you know that they were originals. So I go put the movie on, and guess what? They've all changed. They've all changed. I I'm my heart I'm having heart palpitations and I'm freaking out, going oh my god oh my god, we're we're in a pair we're in an alternate universe now. It's true. Right. It actually happened. So I even found my my Star Wars trading cards from 1980, and they've all changed too. You know these physical cards I had. So um, I realized that whatever has happened, some people are pointing the finger to uh, CERN. They think that CERN may have done something where they, you know, in our large Hayden Collider, that they overpowered it or whatever, and somehow they've destroyed this. They destroyed the timeline. And we end up, you know, jumping onto the nearest next timeline. So this is what I was, you know, shown and to understand. What's really cool, but with, with synchronicity about it, is that that same weekend that I was learning all of this, I was part of um, a special group called the, uh, uh, it was Alia Pandolfi. Um, you know Ron and uh-huh. Alia Pandolfi? Yeah, so uh, Ron Pandolfi uh, I, is... Yeah. Yeah, he's with the CIA, he, and he's known as the real Agent Mulder. Um, uh, Grant Cameron uh-huh. is, all, is on top of him all the time in regards to that, you know, 
he's the one who's debriefed the presidents on the UFO stuff. So his his um, wife, Aliyah Pendolfi, was doing a presentation on Sunday on Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> and we were to read the book, and then we were having a discussion about it. And when I started reading Alice in Wonderland, it was a parallel to the Mandela effect, where everything that she turned around, wow. everything that she knew had changed. Yes. Every time, everything that she touched when she turned around all of a sudden was different. And she was going paranoid. She was going crazy. She was going mad. And she starts reciting you know, her history lessons, saying, I know this to be true. I know this to be true. This is real. I know this was to be real. That this, I'm trying to, She's trying to grasp onto a reality because everything around her was changing. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is the Mandela effect. This is just, you know, whoever wrote this book, you know, 150 years ago, this is what's going on here. Do about so the Mandela effect. It's about the Mandela effect. And so... Um, well, I have this, a Mandela effect thing when we get to the point. <laughs> um, what, what? I, I, I was on board the ship when I was four, and they said, pay attention to Hercules. There were two movies out in the late 50s, uh, Hercules and then the sequel, Hercules Unchained. And they said, when you go back down to Earth, uh, you're going to be seeing a movie. Uh, you know, your parents are going to take you to the movie theater. And you're four years old now. And they're going to take you to the very first, your very first movie. And it was Hercules. But now when you get back to Earth, the first movie you'll see is Hercules Unchained. And that was in 1958 or 59, something like that. I have to look that up. Or, well, that's the Mandela effect. So, yeah, it was between the two years. So that, when I selected the, a timeline, they gave me 24 different multiverses, and they said, choose the timeline that you want to, and they, they showed it to me. The first was absolute destruction of the whole planet that blew up. And then there were 24 variables going from extreme dark and destruction to utopia. And then they, they stopped and showed me images, and they said, which one do you choose? And I said, well, I choose, it was like the third one from the, the most, um, Total bliss. I didn't want total bliss because I thought we'd have nothing left to do. So I wanted something for us to do. So I said the third one from the from the most blissful one. They said that was done. And so they were going to return me and they told me about the the Mandela effect before it was called the Mandela effect, and that uh, I had changed the timeline. Now, of course, in by '63, it was the 20 year anniversary of the um, what do you call that um, with the the ship, the uh, Philadelphia experiment, and every 20 years the biorhythms of the planet in a line, so they were uh, launching it again, that was the, the CERN of those days, and they uh, shifted the timeline, because we were on a positive timeline, so we went to the one where Kennedy soon after was shot by November of that year, and then they, you know, the other Kennedy and Martin Luther, so they, somebody, the powers that be, whoever, the Illuminati, the Cabal, whatever you some book, took it and put it into a negative timeline, but yeah. Yeah, these timelines, these timelines exist, and and time is is not how we know it. Um, and and what's uh, where where Nancy kind of fits in with this is twelve days after I you know was sent down the rabbit hole, I get this email from her, and um, I'm gonna I'm gonna I guess we can read the email now, Nancy. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, the message. Uh, Yes, this is really weird. Um, I keep my pad, uh, paper, and my pen always ready. And 
I, this is the first oh, time I, that this message is being aired, yeah. by the way. We've, we've hung on to this message until this point. No one else has heard this. Wow. Thank okay. you. No, yeah, you're hearing Thank it you. first. Yeah, th and I'm reading this, and this is why it was so difficult. I, I, I grabbed my pad of paper, like I always do, and I saw this scribbled writing. It just, like, uh, terrible. And I knew it was my handwriting. I knew I wrote it. And it had to have been done the night or the day before because... It was now 11.30, so this was written on 11.20. I sat on this information 11, 11 12 days. Yeah, yeah be, I, uh, I didn't send it to, to Kevin until uh, uh, 12.10, uh, 12 days later, because it, uh, here it is. It's titled, Realities or Illusions. Realities or illusions are a part of the delusion we've created. We are living a delusional illusion of our making. We are all players in this fictional theater we perform for our creator's amusement. Amuse, assist, existing for our audience. The stage is set at birth and our performance has begun. Then I look and there's a circle. And it says, this is the womb that gave humanity birth. And within this circle, I find these words written. Enlightenment, consciousness, energy, life, knowledge, love, light, sound. But outside of the circle, this is where the enigma is. Outside of the circle are the words in parentheses. The what is. Okay, Kevin. <laughs> so this, yeah. So Nancy. So sent you that said they're, they're watching us. They're they're watching us. Is that what you said? They're watching us. Uh, well, it's it's. Outside. it's hang on a second. Let me just find that letter. Like Nancy, Nancy was directed. She said, um, yes. "I have no I have no idea what this means." I was I was. Um, she said, "You are the only one I have shared this with because." dot 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 i'm directed to so this okay. message was sent right. to me and and then she's and then nancy said kevin they told me that you were to learn this and you were to teach it so i'm like you know like no pressure you know <laughs> but <laughs> because i don't get it i mean i'm like what well i i knew exactly what it was about you know realities for you know or illusions you know i'll read it again realities or illusions Realities or illusions are part of the delusion we've created. We are living a delusional illusion of our making. We are all players in this fictional theater we perform for our creator's amusement. A muse existing for our audience. The stage is set at birth and our performance has begun. So it's it's like you know like once again with this Mandela effect, our our reality is only a perception, um, and things can continue to change. You know, um, you know there's these theories about this quantum holographic universe that this everything around us may not even exist. This just may be like some huge you know computer program, mm -hmm. um, and 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 the, the program can be can be rewritten or changed uh, and, and the different pieces of it, of it changed until people wake up and realize that what they think time is, is not stagnant. It's not finite. And that 
time the timeline has switched, has changed, and may continue to change. And the only thing that's true and real is our consciousness. And when we awaken our consciousness to realize that our consciousness can choose our reality, we can we can alternate, we can choose our own real our own reality and what we want in life. We, and we all reality. we create our reality, and when we're able to all focus together at a higher consciousness, that we will be able to completely, cho- you know, choose the world that we want. Right. So that, that's the key. That's what they don't want us to know that we're creating this. That we have we're we're in total control. That's why they keep us in uh, reaction, fear based. Like, what is reality? What isn't reality? questioning and, and ultimately buying the propaganda and the so who is that it's us you know sasha always says you're doing polarity thinking go ahead sasha explain about well, that's we exactly are everything the in the point. continuum as long as you think that you are different from uh, the creator or the divine uh, play which we call leela then you then you've got then you've uh, you're not uh, realizing that it's you who send the message as well as you who's receiving it uh, that, that that it's a spurious dichotomy at the level of creativity and so the mandala effect I, anthropologists are used to this the, the joes and the johns have different histories the psychologists know uh, that, that the same uh, sequence of uh, uh, events uh, is totally different to different people perceiving them and it's obvious that one of the explanations for the mandala effect is is who's perceiving it and when they're perceiving it and, uh, and so there is this flexibility of divine play as long as you allow yourself to be it, you know, when when uh, when when I thought of the uh, a missile coming to Hawaii, I thought of what uh, Dustin Hoffman uh, said: "Today's a good day to die." <laughs> mm. <laughs> little, little big man, yeah, that was actually the chief. The chief went up the mountainside. He said, "Today's a good day to die." And he laid down in the in the meadow to die, and Dustin was there to witness him. And then it started raining on his face, and he goes, he's sitting there, and the rain's coming on his face, and he finally sits up, and he goes, well, I guess today's not the day I'm supposed to die, and they walk back down together. It was a great scene, but um, I know, I I had that thought, too. It was was all part, all these thoughts are going in a million miles a minute, like, okay, well, I'll, I'll be dead, and that'll be fine, too. I know there's no angrily, but it'll be, you know, with, with curiosity, what's that going to feel like? What, what does it feel I overthink everything. What does it feel like when you get blown to smithereens? Mm-hmm. Okay, what if I don't get blown to smithereens? How long will it take me to die from the radiation? I mean, I've just had all yes. these spots going like, oh, geez. So Did it go that was all in the motion? 50s. Did things? Uh, it, it seemed like it, uh, the time was frozen, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I know it's trauma amazing. causes that effect of, of things going into slow motion. And I thought, wow, that must have been the longest <laughs> oh, existence. Yes. But of course, nothing came. And then, then it was like, we're okay, so nothing's going on. So what was that about? And then I went into anger, like, okay, the they just put us all through this. Yes. Yeah. I, I, didn't, I didn't hear chill about it. I, my phone. Alan said it was an hour later, and that's when I really got suspicious. Like, whoa, 
yeah. what's going on here? Something is going on. You know, <laughs> it's some guy that just hit the wrong button. Go ahead. You know, one way to think about it is that all the things that we bemoan, that we uh, 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 say are junk, are perfect and are here for uh, in existentialism, we say that the disrespect for consciousness, which is what existentialists think are evil, is exactly what gives us our purpose in life. Uh, that if you, what you hate is is the uh, matrix, then you're uh, what your desire is to help humanity uh, transcend that. If what you hate is uh, ugliness, your your uh, motivation is toward beauty. If you hate uh, injustice, then fairness becomes what you what your mission is. And so that in a way, that's what Nancy, what your whole experience is uh, that that you have. Uh, been challenged, and the challenge has brought out uh, who you really are, which is an ambassador of the light. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. one of the things that I was told in one of my encounters was that uh, if you don't like the reality of your experiences, just change the channel. Change. Yes. Or, you know, change the channel or, um, you know, vision yourself on a, on a highway that's got like, you know, 12 ways and you're just making your way to the exit <laughs> to go to because another we have reality yeah we have free will exactly. right yes so that's an exercise to try and you can actually rewrite your past that way too it's like well i didn't like what you know mom did or dad did <laughs> exactly <laughs> i'm gonna go back and rewrite that and um well that yeah, seems and to be actually uh... does change it yeah, that seems to be what um, what I've been you know I've been reading about with uh, more of these um, videos I'm watching on quantum you know quantum mechanics and 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 you know whole concept of time you know that this there's or this false conception of past present future when actually all there is is all time and oh. and how our future self can rewrite our present self and how our present self can rewrite even our, our past self. Yeah. Um, it's one circle with the words past, present, future in the circle. Um, yeah. It's one of my own. That sort of make more sense. Yeah. And um, my brother and I just watched the movie Arrival last night. And that oh, was, yeah. that was a key feature to the entire movie was because they wrote in circular and there was no, it was, you know, there was no past, present, future. It was all circular and when you start watching the movie, you realize that the time, like things with time, are all tied together. Of things that are past, present, future are all tied together in a circle. I think there's a deep. I think there's a meaning behind that movie. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I really do. I have to watch that again. That was a wonderful movie. It was. But I, I when after what? when I finally saw it, I was like, oh my god, this ties into what you know we're looking at right now. You know, the, what Nancy's been shown and and what I've what they're trying to show me and you know, this timeline's changing and, and 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 the past changing and it's like what are they trying to tell us? Well they are speaking well, earlier that year earlier that same year I had a, a a dream and then I didn't dream the next night and then I had part two the next night, so it was like a three day process. And it was arrivals, but instead of just the, the 12 ships that appeared over all the major, you know, 12 major cities, it was some kind of ship appeared over 
every city, everywhere there's population. So there wasn't anybody on the planet that didn't see a ship hovering in space, you know, in their skies. Everywhere. And you think about it, there, there, there are enough ships to cover the whole grid here of the Earth. You know, this Earth is one of the bigger planets. It's, and so that's what they did. It was like the grand reunion. <laughs> and everybody was there. And then later that year, I go, oh, there, there's the movie I just dreamed about in February. So that was interesting. <laughs> Actually, that's <laughs> one of the illustrations in uh, in my book is um, I was I was made to draw, and it's uh, it's a picture of me standing amid a sky filled with every shape and size and color of ship and orb and rod. And I feel an overwhelming love. And I had sent that uh, illustration and a letter to um, Ann Eller, who is a researcher and um, author. And she got back to me right away. I never thought she would. In fact, she worked for a short time for, and I want to say Bud Hopkins. I think it was Bud Hopkins. Um, and she got back to me and she said, Nancy... That is a universal vision. So that validated, validated uh -huh. what I done. But yeah, the sky was just filled with, and the the feeling was love. Just they'd come to get us. But I, you know, <laughs> it's how I felt. Yeah, it did feel extremely loving. Mm -hmm. um, I have these dreams that just like take over my whole body. It feels like I've been soaking in love all night, you know? Mm-hmm. And I go, wow. You sure it wasn't the dip? I'd like to stay in that. Was it what? <laughs> the dip? Her husband? <laughs> no, dip? no, no, the dip. Remember, remember, um, remember Radar <laughs> dipping uh, John Polk in the dip? Oh, oh no, I didn't hear about John Polk's dip. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, we have about 15 minutes left, and um, <laughs> what would you like to tell our listeners so we don't miss anything? Boy. I wanted you to talk about Dax, about your kid. Okay, we can do that. Um, well, this is really weird. I just realized this a few days ago that I was pregnant for Drax when I went to the 2012 UFO Congress. Um, ah. uh, less than two weeks pregnant. And he was taken April uh, 15th, and it could have been the 14th or the 16th, but I believe it was the 15th. Um, things were really um, weird at that time. Uh, I knew the second that I got pregnant with Drax, I was having sex with the guy that I was dating and I just met him really <laughs> and um, I said I'm pregnant and it's a boy <laughs> Kevin laughs because what, what, a, what a mood killer <laughs> <laughs> what a mood killer but, um, and I knew I was and sure enough my stomach and there's pictures you've seen the pictures of my stomach and yep. my stomach is pretty flat and it doesn't look anything like that picture. And uh, it was Easter Day. I, I was visiting my, uh, I had spent Easter Day with family. This is when I still had a 
daughter. And um, I stopped at Tom's house, who is my best friend, and I have a bedroom at his house. Anytime I want to live there or be there, that bedroom will always be there for me. And I thought, ah, and I keep clothes there. <laughs> I thought, I'm just going to spend the night at his house. He wasn't home. He was with his girlfriend. Um, I think I'll just spend the night there. And I went to the bathroom, put on my pajamas, and my God, I couldn't believe my stomach, so I started taking pictures. And um, I sent one to who I call Sid in the book. And he couldn't believe how big my stomach is. You know, when you're pregnant, how you the baby drops and you all of a sudden you're... Uh-huh. Uh, well, I was big. And um, they took the baby... Um, a week later, because that was Easter, and it was about a week later, the 15th of April, and I woke up and my stomach was flat. And I asked them oh, repeatedly, and they always answer questions when I ask them. And I said, how did you get me pregnant? First of all, I was 62. Second of all, I'd had a tubligation. And I was shown an image. The image was put in my head of how they did it. And it was a large wooden bowl with a spoon, a large spoon making stirring motions. And I was to understand that Drax was a combination of Mr. Sid and myself. And I thought, my God, why, why did they pick Sid? I just couldn't believe they picked him. But, and I said, um, why did you take my baby? And they said, and they used these words, we claim him. Now, I know what the word claim means, but I wanted to look for an alternative um, definition because they said we claim him. And I found um, the words, their property. And I, I knew when I was pregnant that I wasn't going to have this. This wasn't going to be a, a child I was going to be, you know, walking around carrying. And um, I wanted to, I, I asked him if I could please see my son. This was very important. Okay, you've got him, but I want to have uh, visiting rights. And I was granted that. And the first time I was on board ship and, and got to see him, um, he was being handed to me by what I now and then realized was my daughter. And I didn't even know I had a daughter, but I recognized her as mine. This is my daughter. And this is my daughter from when I thought I was pregnant, and it was a false pregnancy in the 80s. And I recognized her, and she was beautiful, and she was very human-looking, tall, auburn hair. Um, and she tried to hand me... Drax, who was in a bundle, and I, even though I couldn't see him, I could see that his head was large and misshapen, and I knew his back was hunched, and I was mad, and I didn't want to hold him. Um, I backed away. Um, I was repulsed, and I was angry, because I had expected this beautiful, I don't know why, but I had expected this beautiful child um, so 
I didn't get to hold him and I didn't hold him. And I, after that, I cried and I cried and I felt horrible. And I, I said, please give me another opportunity. I, I promise to love him. And it was important that I bond with him. So I um, awakened to, um, it was about, I don't know, one o'clock in the afternoon and I was putting on makeup. And I saw in the mirror this, the scratches and you, you've, you've got the pictures somewhere. And um, they were red and infected and, and horrible looking. I didn't know what they were. And I called Dr. Um, Wellness, Harry, and I said, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. There, is, um, there are two scratches on my chest. They're red and infected, but there's no feeling to them. They're not there. I kept rubbing as hard as I could. But when you look at the pictures, they're raised. And you can even see where... It looks just like a little claw had started and then drug. And I asked them, what was that? And they they gave me the image and I drew it. And it's in the book. And it's me breastfeeding Drax. We were bonding. And that, that was a gift from them. Um, that was a gift that let me know that I had bonded with my son. Wow. And that's, that, I, I still get emotional. Yeah. During one of my regressions, they said they were giving me gifts, and gifts in the form of videos that I've taken, pictures that I've taken, witnesses, and the wonderful people like all of you that have been put in my path. And you're all the meant to bees. I call you all the meant to bees because you've all been placed in my path to get me to where I am right now. We're glad to be the part of your meant to bees. We're very happy. Very happy. And Nancy, I've seen, you know, what I've seen with you in the last, you know, since I've met you, I've you have just completely come into your own the last couple of years. You know, from the very first interview I heard of you, and you sounded very unsure of yourself and scared and stuff like that, to mm-hmm. what I hear you talking now, and I just, I just, it's profound. Some, you know, listening to some of your interviews because they are so. It's like, it's like they're channeling through you almost. It's like it's it just is. unbelievable. I can feel it when they do, and, and, and it is, and, and I go right back to that minute in time. And the reason I'm more confident now is because I've accepted that this is real. This is really, really real. You know, like I said, the doubt. I wanted to disprove this. This can't be. I, I must be crazy. But it's all real, and it's all true. Yeah, yeah, and you have you have tremendous gifts of, of being able to say everything in exact same words yes. over and over again. And these are not these like some of the things you've said are really complicated. It's like like and you you say it like it's you know like you you know it and because you, you, they you lock, say it. Yes, yeah, certain things are locked in my head and the and they're yeah. locked in. Yes, <laughs> and you say it with such with such energy of. Of authority and and you know this is this is the message you need to hear this message Absolutely. but but this message is not for everyone because 
many will be left behind. And I know you there know, are women out there that have just heard me talking about that, and they 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 relate, and they're going through this, and I want them to to be able to come forward and share their stories. I don't want them to suffer in silence. Um, this is how we heal in telling mm-hmm. our story and sharing and validating one another. So please come forward. Yeah, you know, the hybrids are, are really our big hope. The hybrids are here, and a lot of them are grown up, and a lot of them are among us right now, and they're the people that are going to really take the lead out of this time of chaos into the Aquarian age. These hybrids are our future, are our hope. I want, I'm I glad think. you brought that up because I, I didn't finish. T- uh, this, blah, 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 blah. I'm all excited now. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Drax. Drax. When I um, was upset that Drax wasn't what I thought he was supposed to be, Mr. And it's the only time he's ever, and he didn't yell at me, but he was very authoritative. And he said, Drax is exactly as he was meant to be. He is a thinker. He will make many wise decisions as he is a judge of sorts. And every society needs judges. Now, see, that was a locked-in message. That always comes out in <laughs> that way. So, yeah, we just just think of, of Hawking's and and how much he's contributed. And he don't, you know, he looks like he's crippled. It don't matter what you look like; it's the soul. That's exactly, what I think. Exactly. And this is. Yes, we, everything is judged on what we weigh, how old we are, everything. Get past all of that and, and look within into the person, into the soul. That's going to be the most important thing in the next couple of coming years because people need to change their perceptions in regards to star nations and that, you know, they are they have been waiting a long time for this time to come. Because they're, you know, we're, they're, we're, we're their newest sibling who's ready to come, you know, and, and be joined with the family again. But, but, but so many of human of humans need to get over their fear and their prejudiceness and their judgment, you know. And I'm so, you know, it really concerns me when I watch videos of, you know, Steve Boucher and, you know, that's got like 600,000 hits and all these Christians who are saying, oh, he met with the greys. Well, all all aliens are nothing but fallen angels and demons. Oh, who's this guy? Steve Boucher? How do you spell that? Steve B-O-U-C-H-E-R. C-H-E-R. He lives lives, uh, 35 minutes away from me in St. Catharines. Oh, wow. His 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 uh, his encounters are incredible. I, I I sent you his information, by the way, because we're definitely going to interview him. But you know, he did a okay. small video. He did a he did a video uh, presentation, and it just went completely viral. It's gone six hundred thousand hits um, so far. Wow, it's, cra- it's crazy. He can't believe what's happened. But um, so you know, he's his, his, saying that they're negative or something. No, no, not him. It's it's, oh. it's the people who are commenting on YouTube. Oh, okay, okay. It's everybody on YouTube, you know, all these Christian fundamentalists. They all say well, the same thing. there's something there to look at. Like, what do they get out of the negative? People like to be scared. They like to freak themselves out. What do they get out of that? That's something we'll have to maybe explore in a future show, like, and help people understand there, there's something that they're 
that try to work out in their subconscious that they projected on everybody everywhere. And they can't believe it that somebody's having good experiences. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay, we're almost out of time. I'm going to pass it to you two. You got about two minutes. <laughs> it's your it's your floor, Nancy. Go ahead. Oh, she's oh okay. Well, I should, buy symbiosis. <laughs> yeah, buy the book. Buy my book. <laughs> yeah. I just want to thank everyone for for uh, this opportunity and listening and. Um, I'm just so glad that I have, have have you all in my life and I appreciate it. And Kevin, I don't know what's going on with us, but and I don't know what the next chapter is gonna bring, but there's a lot no, there's a lot more for us to dis, to discover and explore. Oh, We've only it's, just begun. <laughs> seriously. It's gonna be interesting. Yes. And Kevin, your show is Pyramids on Mars. That's, That's the first Tuesday. Yeah, of Pyramids on Mars UFO. Yeah, Pyramids on Mars UFO Radio. But everything you can find at my website at pyramidsonmars.com. That's pyramidsonmars.com. Okay. And we're gonna have Kevin Hi. join us on Tuesdays on the Ascension Center, whatever we decide to call that show. Uh, go ahead. Who wanted to say something? Uh, it's actually it. It's in the middle of okay. it. Okay. Thank you. Aloha. Aloha. You're listening to Revolution Radio at freedomslips.com. We'll be right back after this message. Thank you for listening to Revolution Radio at freedomslips.com. Any commercial advertising you may hear in this program is of the sole discretion and benefit of the host of whose program you are listening to. Revolution Radio does not endorse any commercial products, nor does it accept monetary compensation for on-air advertising of commercial products, nor will it ever. We are and shall remain 100% listener-supported. Any product advertising on this program are considered used at higher risk, and Revolution Radio shall not be held liable for any claims or damages received from any product advertised within this program. Revolution Radio, where information never sleeps. Moscow's freeze. That's your cerebral cortex looking for an answer it doesn't have. See? Even your brain knows you're screwed. The blood is filling with adrenaline right now. Whether you know it or not, the heart's beating fast. It's getting a little harder to breathe. The neurobiological system is telling you to run, but your knees are too weak to move. Fear is not real. The only place that fear can exist is in our thoughts of the future. It is a product of our imagination, causing us to fear things that do not at present and may not ever exist. That is near insanity. And do not misunderstand me. Danger is very real, but fear 
It's a choice. We are all telling ourselves a story. You're listening to Revolution Radio at freedomslips.com. 100% listener-supported radio. Reporting to danger. Unafraid. Right here, where information never sleeps. Revolution. Revolution. Radio. Radio. Take a look around, kid. What do you see? Homes being foreclosed. People working two, three jobs just to put food on the table and still drowning in debt. Don't get me wrong. This country is founded on great ideals and principles. They've all been ruined by the banks. Open your eyes to the banks that are robbing you. You know who my favorite president was? Who? Thomas Jefferson. Because he saw all of this coming and tried to stop it. He fought the banks. JFK too, and they killed him for it. The banking institution is more dangerous than an army, he said. Want entertainment designed just for you? Then check out customizable streaming TV from Xfinity. It makes your life simple, easy, awesome. Xfinity gives you customizable streaming TV options. Enjoy the most free shows anywhere on any device and even access your streaming apps right on your TV with X1. Go to Xfinity.com, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today to learn more. Restrictions apply. 